When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We now present Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Royce. Yes, a special edition. Uh, Forget the Twins. That's just one of many puke jobs you'll see from this team this season. (laughs) We have to review the Timberwolves. The end of the season... Uh, the fact that uh, they played another good first half and were uh, then uh, beaten up bad in the third quarter for the second straight game. They go out in five. No better basketball observer in the local media than Manny Hill. Here are Manny Hill's special edition for Deep Thoughts on the Wolves. Okay, number one. We don't have any sound for any of these Deep okay. Thoughts, but that's okay. Uh, number one, Andrew Wiggins. Yes. They got to figure him out. Mm-hmm. They well, so what's your out. solution? I don't know. That's the that's the tough part because the the issue is like the contract is not going anywhere. No, he's he has signed the contract. He is going to get his money, and you're not going to be able to trade him. You're not going to be able to trade him and expect to get anything in return. And you can't. You also, if you're going to trade him, you you have to convince somebody to take him. Like, you can't, this is not the NFL people where you just say, this guy's no good, let's just cut the contract and, and, and start over. Like, he's, his money is guaranteed, you can't just waive him. And $148 million. $148 million. And, and how, here's what I want to know, Manny, among your deep thoughts. Best player they had for the first three games. Sure. Pretty good in the first and half. That's not saying much because pretty good in the first half Monday. Mm-hmm. Terrible the last quarter and a half. What happened? Yeah, totally last disengaged apparently yesterday. Yeah, I uh, last last night. I don't know what the hell that was last night. I mean, he just seems th- to me whenever Butler takes kind of a vague shot at the young guys, which he did in uh, uh, the Chicago Sun Times story, that uh, Andrew doesn't uh, respond well to that. He doesn't, and. I think if you're a Wolves fan right now, the only thing you can really hope for for him is that somehow he is going to become DeMar DeRozan down the line. Because if you look at... He's going to have to care as much, however. That's true. And and the reason why I say that is because if you look at DeMar DeRozan's first four years in the NBA and look at his numbers and compare them to Andrew Wiggins' first four years, they're very, very similar. Now, DeMar DeRozan made that effort to improve... And to get better, and the only thing with Andrew with Andrew Wiggins right now is you have to hope that he has that. And right now, it doesn't. It does not look like he does. But they don't. They they are essentially stuck with him. Yes. Unless you can convince, unless they can convince somebody to take his contract, 
But this idea of, you know, I, I saw some people today throwing around, oh, you know, the Spurs want to trade Kawhi. Maybe you trade Wiggins yeah, and the okay. pick for Kawhi. And then Kawhi the Spurs might are not be saying that. not to play for you either. Right. Yeah. Well, the, and, and the thing that people have to remember is, okay, you want to trade Andrew Wiggins. You have to remember, in order for a trade to work, both teams have to agree to it. Yes, that's true. Both teams have to agree to it. You cannot, you know, but anyway. Number two. Number two. Another guy that they need to figure out what the hell to do with this summer, Gorgie Jang. He regressed badly this year. He disappeared. And that contract right now, he's going to make $15.2 million next year. Then it goes up to 16 a year after that. And then the last year of his deal, he's making $17 million. Um, with the way he that's, regressed that, this that's year. That's harder to trade than Wiggins. It's harder to trade than Wiggins because Gorgie is 28 and he plays a position and has a playing style that's kind of, you know, it's kind of going away. Like teams are not looking for those kind of big men anymore. And, and it's very difficult. Like if you're going to trade Gorgie Jang, then you're going to have to attach something else to it to get somebody to, to want to take on that contract. So they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. Number three, for the love of God, this offseason, go and get some three-point shooting. Okay, here's uh, I'm glad you brought that up because here's my deal. You got a summer team, right? Mm-hmm. You put you get two centers at the summer league, and you get nothing but shooters. You audition ten three-point shooters mm-hmm. is all you have. Yep. That's the only other thing you have is 10 three-point Because shooters. you're not going to have any cap space to go out and just, I mean, you're nope. going to have the, you gotta the, the find, exception. you got to find one. Yeah. Even if it's Jimmer Fredette, you got to find one. <laughs> oh, I'd like Jimmer Fredette on this <laughs> well, show with the fans. They but, go, oh, Jimmer! But the thing of it is, the only thing they're going to have is they have the Oklahoma City pick, which I think is the 20th pick, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And then they've got the mid-level Exception, which I think is like eight point six million or something like that, where they can spend. And they also Rose. Oh God, don't (laughs) don't get me started, Reavers. Um, But yeah, you you've got to find some shooting. You got you got your butt whooped by the Houston Rockets because you cannot you cannot match them. Even if look, it's going to be hard to beat Houston and Golden State, regardless. But you've got to give yourself a chance. You've got to you've got to go and get a couple guys to where you look at them and say, okay, we've got we've got a little more shooting now. Now we have a fighting chance if we get a couple things going our way to beat a Houston or a Golden State. Otherwise, you got no shot. You got to get some three point shooting. And number four, number four, Jimmy Butler. You need a contingency plan with him. You've got to figure out if he's going to be here long term. Okay, great. But you've got to find out if he's not going to be here. You've got to have some form of a backup plan to move forward if if you're not going to have him beyond next season. If he's not going to sign an extension, then you might have to think about moving him this summer so you don't lose him for anything next year. So. Those are four deep thoughts on the end of the Timberwolves season. We shall return. Don Garber is the Major League Soccer Commissioner. He's in town to visit the new stadium and uh, talk to soccer fans and the uh, local media. And he will be joining us momentarily. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been town ball. Town ball. 
has marked the time. This field, this game, Town Ball Ray. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. For one day, it becomes amateur baseball in Minnesota's Field of Dreams. The 2018 Town Ball Classic is coming to Target Field, Saturday, May 26th. Get tickets now at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, Town Ball. Sounded like a young James Earl Jones on that. How about uh, those pipes, man? Those are pretty good pipes. And and by the the way, if you can even do a good imitation of James Earl Jones, you've done the best best you can do, the greatest of all time. Don Garber is uh, the Major League Soccer Commissioner since 1999 and has overseen quite the expansion. Uh, Mr. Garber, in town today to take a look at Allianz Field. What did you think, sir? Well, actually, I thought it was just spectacular. You know, they, the club and uh, Bill McGuire had such a great vision for that facility, and I, I think it will be the, you know, one of the great stadiums uh, in our country, and I think it'll be one of the really unique soccer stadiums uh, in the world of global football. So I was very impressed. What uh, what makes it a little different? Well, you know, it's unusual to have uh, soccer stadiums in our country where the entire stadium is, is wrapped, so to speak. It's almost an indoor-outdoor stadium, this beautiful translucent, uh, translucent shell that can be lit up on with different colors based on, you know, whatever is going on in the city or the community that day. You know, it, it has got lots and lots of really great amenities for fans and a incredible, you know, 60 or 70 brew, you know, pub uh, aspects that, you know, I think will be really, really unique. It's got a almost a standing wall for their thousands of supporters that, uh, man, it's just so steep and uh, they'd be so loud for fans. You know, they, they really did a great job. It, it's going to have its own unique identity that's going to be really impressive. Is uh, 20,000 and a few standees the right size for a soccer stadium? Yeah, I think it is the right size for us now. You know, we have a handful that are bigger and a handful that are smaller and a couple of our clubs that are playing in large NFL stadiums that, you know, are doing well, particularly in Atlanta, one of our newer teams. But, you know, I I think this is the right intimate size for for this market and for this club. Uh, It's going to be so loud in there, Patrick. And I know you're a fan of of an English team. I mean, this will make a Swansea City game look like a high school soccer match. Well, I'm a little worried about relegation the way things are going with my Swans. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the 18th uh, soccer stadium in your league, uh, another new one opens in L.A. on Sunday. Later on, uh, D.C. will finally open a new stadium, Audi Field. And Allianz will be the 20th. Uh, uh, baseball underwent the same kind of uh, thing in, uh, starting in, uh, with Camden Yards in the early 90s. Has that been part of your uh, initiative here to uh, get, get the game played in soccer stadiums? You know, very, very, very much so. You know, the original plan did not really contemplate soccer-specific stadiums. We realized, you know, after the first year or two that, you know, fans and players the sport deserves its own home. You know, call it cathedrals to celebrate the game and, you know, make it appropriate for where we are as a league and centrally located so that it's uh, uh, really convenient for fans to get to. You know, Camden Yards is perfect. I actually think Camden Yards is a big part of the resurgence of, of baseball and this idea 
that, you know, the baseball stadium would be part of the community. And that's what we're going to have with Allianz. You know, it's perfectly located in the, in the midway section, kind of halfway between the, the twin cities. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we love this name, Minnesota United. And it's not that the, the St. Paul and Minneapolis need to be united, but, you know, if, if we can bring people together with this, stadium and with our club then uh, you know we'll be doing everything that we set out to do uh don garber the commissioner of the mls is with us you got uh you got your toronto team to the finals and of Concacaf uh, champions league last night but they got beat by guadalajara and uh, mexico continues to dominate that competition man, uh, what a heartbreak man it was like <laughs> the worst night of my life <laughs> you know this is you get so close and then you got to Re- reset and uh, and start from the beginning. You know, Toronto is a very very competitive club. You know they won a number of games down in Mexico in the various rounds. And in the past we never had clubs that would win down there. So we're making a lot of progress. You know it's nothing more torturous than losing in penalty kicks. But boy, Patrick, I'm I'm impressed that you're aware of that and you're probably watching that game, rooting for the old good U.S. of A against our neighbors down in Mexico. Even if it was Canadian, uh, Toronto, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, Toronto defending champs are, like, down in the standings. Uh, you got, you're getting a little uh, a balance going here in your league. Well, you know, balance is a big part of our, our brand identity. But, uh, you know, just kind of an inside soccer thing, I mean, they were really focused on the Champions League. They, You know, they played a second team for uh, their last uh, two games that they played and, you know, gave up, uh, you know, a number of goals because they, you know, they went down to Guadalajara early. They, they left their first team down in Mexico and, and really, you know, that's why it was so upsetting, so torturous to lose. And, you know, they sacrificed a good part of the early, you know, part section of the season to try to put themselves in the best position to win the Champions League. Hey, Don, uh, what kind of blow is it to the growth of soccer that the uh, U.S. team did not make the World Cup this year? You know, it's not good. You know, personally, as a fan and guy being doing this for two decades, you know, there, there's nothing more exciting when, you know, at least watching the U.S. men. I feel the same way when I watch the U.S. women play. You know, we've been able to capitalize in MLS on, you know, this added excitement around the World Cup where people just stop what they're doing if it's the middle of the night when the time zone is dictated or it's, you know, during regular, you know, TV viewing hours. We, we get to sort of build that audience when the U.S. men are, you know, playing in the World Cup, then we're going to miss that. I don't think it's long-term damage. I mean, I, like the league is doing really well. It's growing, you know, from strength to strength. So, you know, you never know what you're going to miss uh, when you're missing it. Uh, we'll just have to work harder to build, you know, to be sure that we don't let this happen again. And, uh, you know, what it does for you probably is gain some personalities that uh, go back and play in your league then, which is, but, but then again, you will have some of those personalities playing for other teams. That's true. You know, we have 25 or so players representing other countries, you know, including a great Costa Rican player here in Minnesota. So, you know, the, I think we, we sort of accept that it's a birthright that, uh, just like you do with the U.S. women, that the men are going to qualify. But, you know, the CONCACAF region, Honduras, Guatemala, you know, uh, Panama, Mexico, uh, you know, they're all becoming real soccer nations, a lot of it because there's so many players from this region playing in MLS, getting and playing a very professional environment, getting, you know, first team play. And, you know, what did we do? We ended up providing some real opportunities for the rest of the region, but there are, there are players and we're going to be supporting them.
An incredible amount of expansion in your league. Do you have a uh, outer limit here? I mean, there's a lot of the St. Louis, Sacramento, all these uh, towns want to get into your league. Are you? Do you have an outer limit as to how many uh, teams a league uh, can hold? Yeah, you know, we, that outer limit is 28 for us. Uh, you know, the other leagues, you know, are 30-32, and the NHL will continue to grow, you know, as they – uh, expanding in Vegas and, and now uh, looking closely at Seattle. So, you know, we're a long way away from being fully ro- uh, rolled out. But, you know, the NFL will celebrate its, you know, 100th anniversary yes. next year, and the other leagues have already done that. So we've got a long way to go. You know, we'll do uh, celebrate tw- year 25 in 2019. So for now it's 28 teams, and my expectation in the modern era, that's what it'll end at. Uh, Atlanta has, uh, they're back at the top of the standings. That is an amazing success story down there. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I get, I was here all day, met with the media, and, you know, met with a lot of club staff here. And, you know, people have asked a lot about, you know, the comparison of Minnesota, United, Atlanta. You know, they're really, it's an unfair comparison. You know, the Minnesota club has done a great job launching their brand and building a beautiful downtown soccer stadium, which is really our priority. And, uh, you know, the ownership is very well connected in the community. So I'm really proud of everything that they've done. And every now and again, you get something special like we have in Atlanta. You know, they'll probably average 50,000 fans a game. Most people can't even imagine that an MLS team would be able to to uh, attract that kind of audience. And that's good. That lifts up everybody. Very weird from a distance to have it be Atlanta, too, because that has been such a, in many cases, a lousy sports town. And now they have just adopted soccer like crazy. Now, uh, can we get a sacred vow from you, sir, that as, as expansion continues, we won't have any more Uniteds? We got three. That's enough. That should be the legal limit, I think. I agree. Your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, welcome to tell you. Going to uh, stick around for a game, or are you uh, no, going to take you know, off? I'm actually on my way in, in, in traffic here in Minneapolis to uh, what's going to the Blackstone uh, Brewery to meet with some fans. Okay. That's always fun. Uh, take some questions, and then I'll head back tonight to New York to the league office. Okay, sir. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, I'm glad, nice uh, glad to hear you're impressed with the stadium. Yeah, thank you very much. Very All right. Don Garber, most important news there, no more Uniteds. I was going to say, I We're was impressed he was going to Blackstack Brewing. Is it Black? Oh, it's great. Black I love Stone or Stag? Blackstack. Blackstack Brewing. Blackstack. Where's yeah. that at? It's uh, South Minneapolis Have area. Have they been on the beer show? Oh, heavens, yes. Okay. I'm a big fan of those guys. Okay. Well, is what brewery would you not cross the threshold in? Which which one of these would you say, nah, that ain't for me? I think it's time for break, isn't it? <laughs> is it? You know what? I was uh, surprised uh, going to the Wolves game the other night. The uh, Fulton wasn't open. What? Really? Well, there was nobody there anyway. It was a nice day. I didn't see anybody. I'm there. shocked by that because they're always they always take advantage of the crowds going to the games. Yeah, maybe hmm. they're waiting for the Twins to come. Oh, back. Of course, it was a Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah, that could be. That might have been part of the reason, but that's okay. still weird. Hmm. Well, hmm. it's usually uh, you can it's tell hop- if, it's happening. You, yeah, you can tell if the uh, Twins are going to have a decent crowd by how uh, how busy Fulton how is. Full yep. that uh, little platform they have deck they have out in front is. All right, we shall return. Twins fighting gamely.
Uh, take a 3-1 lead into the bottom of the ninth. Boot, boot, home run. That's it. 4-3. to three. <laughs> That's how we baseball! All right. Gentlemen, when you take into account that our last memory of the Minnesota Vikings is getting their ass kicked in Philadelphia. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we all knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl after the fluky victory against no, New Orleans. we were going to bring home. We were going to bring it home. <laughs> we knew that. And uh, remembering that the new football coach, after all the bravado, went 2-7 and seven in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And remembering that a basketball team that was once rated as high as 8th, was it? I thought it was the. I thought it was tenth. Ten, whatever. I think it was tenth. Yeah. I went four and fourteen in the Big Ten, <laughs> and remembering that the Minnesota Wild uh, were so humiliated by losing in five games, they fired their general manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And remembering that the Minnesota Wolves made the playoff. Timberwolves made the playoffs for the first time in fourteen years, and everybody hates them. <laughs> uh, and remembering that the Twins were gonna, you know. Be wild wild card contenders again. Potentially compete for the division. And, uh, are coming home with seven losses in a row. Is April twenty now? And these are the big six in Minnesota sports. No matter what you want to say about the Lynx and everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Is April twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen, the lowest moment in the history of Minnesota <laughs> big time sports? You know what? It might be. And I think what we've learned is... To grow, you must fail. <laughs> well, we're going to be kicking ass in about five years. Because we are we growing. We are growing, baby. We are growing. Here's Johnny Height. Thanks, Patrick. This update is sponsored by Dell. Small businesses get tailored tech solutions when they partner with Dell, plus free shipping and a price match guarantee on everything, including laptops with Intel Core processors. Call 877-BY-DELL. Uh, before sports, let's update you on what's going on up in that Duluth Superior area. Uh, the fire department up there and other agencies responding to an explosion at the Husky Refinery near Duluth this morning. Uh, due to heavy smoke in the area, there is a public evacuation 10 miles south of the refinery, 3 miles east and west, and 1 mile north of the refinery. Area schools were evacuated earlier this afternoon. Essentia Hospital in Superior was evacuated this afternoon. At a press conference uh, about an hour and a half ago, authorities said uh, black smoke, you'll see a lot of it when you see the pictures, is from asphalt that spilled in the initial incident. One official described it, quote, like a tire on fire in your backyard. Health officials say they're monitoring air quality levels for safety. Fire official Scott Gordon said at the press conference the fire's still active. Crews are not trying to put it out due to safety concerns. He says they are in a defensive mode. Uh, They've also uh, talked to the National Guard, which is on standby. If the decision is made to deploy the Guard, Superior Mayor Jim uh, Payne said we're ready to support that. Uh, It looks like 20 were injured initially. The department said at least five transported to hospitals. So uh, that's what's going on. Somebody just pointed out to me on Twitter that Tibbs has been giving too many minutes to Rodney as the closer. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Uh, sports from today, NFL Draft Round 1 tonight. We'll have coverage right here. Mackie and Judd anchoring things in the studio. While Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin report from Vikings headquarters. As of now, the Vikings hold the 30th pick in the draft. We'll have Collar about 5.03 to tell us that he uh, he agrees with me that they're going to trade the 30th so they can get that fourth rounder back <laughs> because Spielman 
can't resist. Do we expect a big crowd at the U.S. Bank Stadium tonight for the uh, the old draft party? I, I, how, how the hell would I know? I'm just thinking. You know, I didn't maybe even that's know not, they had one until <laughs> two minutes ago. Maybe that's not big enough. We might need a bigger stage we for the draft party. One. Yeah, I'm sure they're charging reasonable prices too. <laughs> Zigmeister needs your money. Didn't work out so well for the Twins this afternoon. They were trying to get out of New York with at least one win against Looking the Yankees. Looking pretty good there for a while, Johnny. Was, yeah, Although, you, once again, they had about five chances to get a mm-hmm. hit to break the game open and didn't, right? You, you took it right off of my uh, copy, Patrick, I said, and it was going well. <laughs> Same thing. Till the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson went six innings, gave up one hit, struck out ten. It was 3-1 to one Twins in the ninth when Miguel Sano made a throwing error, then handled a slow roller by hanging on to it. Right after that, Gary Sanchez launching one into the left field seat saw Fernando Rodney for a four to three Yankees win. Twins have lost seven straight. Now come back home to. Open That's how up. we baseball, John. Mm-hmm. That's how we baseball. Open That's... up a weekend series against the Reds. Toronto in town starting Monday night for a three game series. After those six games, the Twins hit the road again. Man, we don't care if you never come back. The ten game road trip <laughs> after these six at home. Yeah. Uh, roster moves. Follow along now. Okay. Uh, follow the bouncing ball. Last night, the Twins designated Tyler Kinley for assignment and recalled Aaron Sleggers. Mm-hmm. Aaron did show up. I saw him interviewed in uh, the locker room at Yankee Stadium. Yes. Well, then, during today's game, it was announced the Twins had claimed David Hale off waivers from the Yankees. He was added to the 25-man roster, and after the game, Aaron Sleggers was sent back to Rochester. <laughs> How'd you enjoy your visit? Wasn't Kinley the, the Rule 5 guy? Yes. yes. Yeah, they finally uh, gave up on him. They offer them back to the uh, Marlins now, and uh, they can get fifty thousand dollars. The uh, the uh, Rochester team's in Syracuse, so they can just put Aaron on a bus back to Syracuse. So that's good. Yeah, uh, there was an interview with him saying he feels much better this year in Yankee Stadium than he did last year. Last year, he said he was nervous. Okay, well, <laughs> they, yeah, well, if they would have won eighteen, they might have used him. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. In uh, professional sports, and this includes wrestling, pro wrestling, the NFL is home to more evil human beings than any other organization. <laughs> would, would you not agree? Yeah, that's pretty fair. There is yeah. no doubt that somebody sat on the Josh Allen tweets for uh, months, right? Uh, the uh, tweets uh, from his high school days that included uh, the N-word, other uh, inappropriate remarks as a, uh, what, 14, 15-year-old guy, right? And wasn't it discovered that most of them were lyrics to songs? Well, some of them were, but uh, uh, I'm not sure. The, the, he did call the Stephen A. He did talk to Stephen A. Smith today and, uh, and tried to put out the fire. Uh, but did the rumors were out that he was going to be the number one draft choice, right? Yeah. That Cleveland was going to take him. Mm-hmm. Somebody dropped that bombshell today. People are saying other teams. I would bet it's somebody's agent. I, I would you know what? Somebody's agent. I think, no, I disagree. You know who I think it is? I think it's somebody that wants him because they want him to his stock to fall. Because uh, a lot of this stuff is planted so in the hopes think, that... Do you think it's Denver, then? you think it's John Elway? Well, I don't think so. Well, but, Pat, we saw it just a couple of years ago with Laramie Tunsil and the gas mask yes, right. bong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that also could be agents. 
It could be. Somebody else to go first. But here's what's interesting. Josh Allen did this, and he is now uh, like the Kuiper uh, mock draft has now dropped him out of the number one slot and moved Baker Field up there, right? Baker, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, when it comes, Josh Allen's a pretty good guy. Uh, from going to Wyoming, I talked to those guy people out there. They say he's a pretty good guy. He was a dumb kid, okay? Uh, Baker Mayfield's an idiot. He's been in more trouble than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. He's He's got a fighting chance to be Manziel, right? But now uh, he's going to move up to number one. I don't know if it'll be that bad. But, but he's an but, idiot. Sure. But, sure. uh... So, but now Allen, because of character issues uh, of these tweets, because somebody leaked them, as you, it's either Reavers' theory that it was, uh, you know, a, another team that wants him. But do you really want that PR nightmare? Now, anybody who drafts him's got a PR nightmare. Sure, but I think. Because everyone now that follows the league close enough is conditioned to know that this kind of stuff is going to happen in the in the few moments, days, whatever leading up to the draft. This stuff it's happens all the time every not year. Not like this, though. Not not leaking it. Uh, you're right. The guy in the gas mask, they they and he went to what? He fell Fifth, to eighth, eighth or ninth to Miami. I thought he because he was supposed to be the fr- no, he was supposed to be the number one overall pick. Well, it's got to be agents. They're the only ones that corrupt, right? And I think in Tunsil's case, it was in a, a former agent or someone that was formerly associated with his oh, representation. That's right. it was somebody, and, and he, then he, he got changed, cut out. He changed agents. That's right. He got cut out, and that's what then led led him to to put that stuff out on Twitter. Well, uh, but here's the thing: Josh Allen is is taking responsibility. But then he's taking responsibility like everybody else and trying to explain it away, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just say, boy, did I screw up. I was young and dumb. I was a dumb kid. I was young and dumb. That's all he needs to say. But he keeps, ah, musical. He's trying to offer. And then he also threw out, well, some guys on their, some people had access to my account on their cell phones and stuff like that. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. that. Just say I did it. That's a load of crap. Just say I did it. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not the same guy anymore. And uh wow. Now the other thing about Josh Allen, of course, is and our guy Collar, we talked about him with Collar, that the real uh high test evaluation stats, analytics of college performance. They're down on he's him. He's terrible. Yeah. yeah, they're way down on him. He's a big, strong kid with a big, powerful arm. But as far as accuracy, well, didn't get he rid of the ball. Finish like third in the conference voting for quarterback play for the for his whatever conference he plays in. The Mountain West. The yeah, Mountain he, West. He was hurt for a while. I don't know if that had anything to do with. But isn't that kind of a clear did. indication that he's? Well, in, it's a clear indication of jealousy, probably. But uh, I, I don't think that's a big thing. But the the biggest thing is he's a big, strong arm guy, and. But the other guy's a little tiny, short guy, Mayfield. He's like six foot tall. Mm -hmm. And now he throws an accurate ball. But everybody's talking about this quarterback-rich draft. They're all mediocre. Lamar Jackson's the best one out there, (laughs) I think. He's got a chance to be another 
you know, Griffin staying healthy. I probably. personally, I Baker Mayfield's going to be a good pro. Athletically, yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Josh Rosen just because the, Seth I, Rosen isn't it Seth? No, it's it Josh, 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 Josh Rosen. Rosen. Josh no, Rosen. Seth Rosen is. Uh, uh, I got him mixed up with the uh, Seth Rogan. So uh, yeah. go ahead. Uh, I'm not. A I bi- think he's. Actually, I don't like any of them. Darnold, I think, will be okay, but I, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be a decent pro. I really do. Jameis Winston is eight times better than any of these clowns. Sure, and he hasn't been that great. No, right? he hasn't. But this we also a, they're all panicking and talking about. They're trying to compare this. With the Marino class, are you kidding me? Talent wise, well, these I, guys aren't in the same same hemisphere. And you know what I think of too is that '99 draft. Remember with Couch and Cade McNown yeah. and Dante yes. and Achilles Smith and yes. McNabb. McNabb probably yeah. ended up being the best guy out of all yeah, of them. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, right. Dante was okay until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But you know, Couch was terrible. Is that McNown. where the panic to draft quarterbacks started? Way 99. back then. Achilles going third in the draft. Achilles right? Smith. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah that might have been. I mean, it, it, I think these guys. I think they got a chance to be unanimously busts as far as big winners. But a lot of it also has to do with the situation that they're in. Yes, yeah. they they have to have some talent, but if you're not surrounded by a decent coaching staff that knows how to develop you, you have zero chance. The other thing too is the other thing too is some of these guys especially with bad teams like and it's and it's hard because fan bases are not patient they want to see the they want to see the rookie or they want to see the young guy right away but some of these teams have got to start being a little bit more patient with mm-hmm. these quarterbacks and letting oh, yeah, some of them, them play now. I mean Andrew Luck comes around once in a generation where a guy you can plug in as a rookie right away and he'll do well Matt Ryan etc but a lot of these guys they need to sit for a little bit before you put them out there and What's happening is so many of these teams are drafting these quarterbacks that are overhyped, and then they're throwing them into the wolves right away, and they do terrible, and they're can, screwed. Can I share with you what has personally been my favorite storyline of the of of leading up to the NFL draft is? And I forget who it is, so I can rip him significantly. But the guy that threw out that he thinks the Browns are going to take a quarterback at one and four tonight. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> That would be Josh bad. Allen at that one, would... Josh Rosen at four. Oh my God! Like, come that, on, that have we really run out of stuff to say? Well, but he's right about one thing. If anybody could do it, it'd be it's the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah. yeah, we can be wrong twice. Right? Come on, let's go. Hey, maybe they'll trade up, and get a running back. You know, trade up. They uh, well, give, give somebody think... a give somebody a first round draft choice to move up one spot to get the uh, <laughs> oh one, Trent Richardson, Saquon Barkley. Uh... What a bunch of morons! All right, we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history, Patrick. I'll love you till I die. Told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by, she still preyed upon his mind. He kept her picture on his wall. Went half crazy now and then. 
he still loves There's him. no song I can recommend more oh highly for a divorcee with a drinking problem <laughs> than uh, this version of He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. I can I can recommend this from experience. <laughs> George Jones, a divorcee you, with a drinking problem. Do you remember too when they did in when when he passed away? They did the the live concert for him, mm-hmm. and it's the only time I went. Alan Jackson killed this song too. <laughs> it was fantastic, man. Oh, it's it easily now. Uh, a Sunday morning sidewalk is pretty yeah, close. that's pretty, pretty good close, too. But that isn't his song. But on this day in 2013, five years ago today, the great George Jones died, and it is a triumph for the human spirit. That George lasted until oh my age God. 81 <laughs> because that boy liked his whiskey. Uh, praised by many in the country music world as the greatest country singer of all time, including by me. Uh, he was known for his hard drinking lifestyle and stormy marriage to his third wife, Tammy Wynette. Now, you guys, not many of you have caught up. With Tales from the Tour Bus, because I believe it's uh, Cinemax. Okay. Stars. Yep. So unless you got full cable, your chances of getting getting it. But the George, one of the episodes uh, done by Mike Judge <laughs> is George and Tammy. Oh, God. And, and they had some difficulties. Uh, but uh, George uh, Jones, he was born into a poor family. Well, first of all. You can't be a country singer no. from back then if you weren't born into a You needed family. hardship. Yeah. You know, there's no Edina tennis players who are country <laughs> no. western singers no. from the 1930s, right? No. Right. The great George uh, Jones. His nickname was Possum for his... That's also part of the great mystique, isn't it? He had those close-set eyes and turned-up nose, and his nickname was Possum. He served in the Marines in the early 1950s before signing with a label and of course white white lightning was his first fantastic hit but nobody sang the sad country song compared with the great george jones who died at age 81 five years ago and uh they should have put his liver in the grand old opera <laughs> just a big picture of george's liver bronze <laughs> He stopped loving her today.